0: to continue on with our preparation for finals week. I gave you one challenge last week, which was before you do anything, go in front of the Blessed Sacrament, take three deep breaths, and then take a moment of silence, pray the words, come Holy Spirit, three times for the period of a minute. So why don't we just quick do that? Take three deep breaths. That's five seconds in and five seconds out. So let's go all the way in and all the way out. All the way in, and all the way out, and all the way in, and all the way out. Let us invoke the Holy Spirit to be here with us by praying the words, Come Holy Spirit, three times. Come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit. And on this Mother's Day, we'll consecrate this time to Our Lady as we all pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. It's a pleasure and honor to have you here with us. I know it's busy time. Allergy season, right? So a lot of us are blowing our noses, and I don't know about your eyes. I feel like my eyes are going to pop out of my head pretty soon. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Um, but anyways, uh, as we come here, uh, it's Good Shepherd Sunday, and it's a, it's a Sunday where men in particular are called to ask the question, Jesus, are you calling me to be your priest? And a lot of times when that question is asked, we look completely at ourselves and think of all of our insecurities and, and what I don't have. I'm not holy enough. I'm not worthy enough. And it's all about me. But did we hear the words in our gospel today where Jesus said, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. That's what makes you worthy is what the father has done by giving us Jesus Christ is we are made worthy by his call. And sometimes he will ask me like as a priest, what's it like being a priest? Like what's it like being a priest? Well, this past uh, Friday, I went to go grab a gift for my niece's confirmation at Target of all places, cause you know, they have good holy things there. Uh, but they did have a, they did have a uh, confirmation card, Walmart did not. I went there late with my brother in the day. I went all the way to Iowa, they didn't have anything there, so good on you, Target. Um, but anyways, as I went there, also it was my nephew Abel's birthday. Uh, got him you know a soccer ball and, and got him a, what else did I get him? Some, some trucks for the, for the garden that his mom wants a plant, but the boys think it's a sandbox. Um, and also uh, got him a uh, basketball, too. And uh, just, just fun things, of being an uncle who happens to be a priest. Uh, but when I went to go check out the cashier there, she wasn't really looking at me. I didn't know if she was ashamed, because sometimes like, just being a priest, people think we shame them, which is like not true. But she's just like talking, having conversation. And then she looked up, and she went, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's looking at my collar, right? So she's like, wow, you're a priest. Um, that sometimes happens. Um, that's sometimes what it's like being a priest. And most times people just look at me and they wonder, are you real? Like, are you really that intense? Are you really that passionate? Do you really care that much? And and the the honest answer is yes, I do. Uh, I try to be as real as possible. I don't believe in being inauthentic, but also I'm a sinner uh, in the midst of it. But I can remember when I, when I first started serving the call and some of you know my, my story, just want to share a bit of that with you. But the first time anybody encouraged me to be a priest was my dad. And, we were on our way to baseball practice in our Volkswagen jet. I just got it, loved it, loved driving that car. I thought, you know, most time, if you had a cool car, girls would like you. didn't really work out too hot for me. Uh, but anyways, we are driving, driving to practice, and um, we only looked like a mile from, from the school in the park, but he just said to me, Zach, you'd make a great priest. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm not 65, I'm not balding. I don't have <laughs> white hair, I don't have gray hair. Uh, so it's kind of in one ear, out the other. But how, how sad it is that my dad was the first one to ask me and encourage me to think about a call to the priesthood. Because I didn't know anything about it, so I just kind of went in one ear out the other. And I was kind of brought up with the idea that, you know, if you get girls, you'll be happy. If you drink, you'll be happy. If you have money, you'll be happy. If you have clothes, you'll be happy. Um, But then I went to college, and I did all those things, and I found myself incredibly unhappy Externally, I looked very confident, but internally, I was falling apart. I was broken. I was filling a hole in my heart that only God could fill. I didn't know that, but deep down, there was an emptiness. And when I was asked by my brother to go to a men's conference, the first one in the Milwaukee Archdiocese, I kind of went there hoping to impress my girlfriend. Could you believe it? I actually felt called to be a priest when I was dating a girl. Could that happen? Yes. And as I um, went to that conference, I was kind of expecting kumbaya, right? I didn't really know much about the faith. My, I would say my level of catechetical understanding in the Catholic Church was probably at a two- or a three-year-old level. I went in not knowing how to pray glory be a Hail Mary. Somehow I was confirmed, right? And I went to that conference, and the master of ceremonies that day said, gentlemen, after today, your lives will never be the same. Like, that's a pretty bold statement, but then he, he didn't just say it once. He said it twice, he said gentlemen. And he quieted down, he said after today, your lives will never be the same. And heard speakers speak about the faith in a way I never heard, actually on fire, very challenging, talking about what it means to be a man in, in, the, in the eyes of God versus what it means to be a man in the world. And deep down, we were being spoken to and being challenged and being called to live a higher life instead of living a low life, right? And the priest who challenged me to be a man, you know, he's passionate, I'm not passionate. He's funny, I'm not funny. He's zealous. I am not zealous. And everything he's saying is like putting a, a, like an arrow of truth in my heart. And he said, if you want to be a man of God, go to, go to confession and surrender your life to Christ today. Now, mind you, I went to a pretty loosey-goosey church growing up where they did not talk about confession ever. So what do you think I never did? Go to confession, right? So I went to confession uh, to a priest uh, who was like six, seven uh, he happens to be at the pastor at St. Mary's now. So if you want to go see who he is, you can. Uh, I'll say his name. His name is Father Michael Leitner. And he was actually, uh, played Division I football. So he's an incredibly large man. He had a beard out here. He had a shaved head. Very scary looking man um, at the time. But I went to confession. And I don't even know if the things I was confessing I would call sins. But I knew what I, would, what I was doing wasn't right. And just getting that, that hurt and that pain and that just self-disgust, that emptiness out of my heart made a place for God to speak to me. Often if we want to wonder why I don't hear God's voice, my thing is, are you giving him a space to speak to you? Now mind you, that was not my, my goal for that day, but I, later that day we had a gentleman who uh, talked about his call to the priesthood and how he was clinically dead for three hours and he came back to life. And what, what emotion was invoking, being invoked in me was anger, anger. Because now I've heard talks about the the faith, the the proclamation of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, now for uh, five hours. And I've never heard this before, and I'm kind of getting ticked because I'm wondering how come no one ever told me this truth before because it kind of saved me a lot of trouble. And then it came time for Mass, and that's when everything changed in my life. And I'm kind of wondering, well, that guy at the beginning of the day said, you know, your life will never be the same after today. And it wasn't like the word, uh, the preaching of the gospel anything like that. But it was what happens at every single mass. And it always brings me back to my why. But the, the archbishop was at the altar. He's now Cardinal Dolan. And he, he is preparing the altar. And when he does, when he does this, this motion of calling down the Holy Spirit, I feel the room change. But because I don't know anything and I'm very unintelligent in the faith, my first thought is, this is not real. I'm concocting this in my mind, this is fake. And I started even feeling a presence around me. I don't know if it's a blessed mother, an angel, or a saint. That I'm like, this is fake, this is not real. But I know everything changed when I heard these words. When he took a piece of bread in his hands, as he's standing in the person of Christ at Mass, and he said, this is my body. And it, it just ruptured every hard part of my heart and I just knew, I was given the gift of understanding that that was Jesus. That was Jesus. And when he held up Jesus, I just felt loved. Like the most pure form of love I've ever felt in my life was right then there. And then in my heart of hearts, it's the first time I've heard God speak to me. And heart of hearts, I mean like at the depth of my soul, the depth of my being, not externally, but internally, I heard the words, this is the purpose of life, which meaning the Eucharist is the purpose of life, and you are called to be a priest. And I didn't, I I was so confused because I, I didn't know anything, right? I thought about myself, what about me and my insecurities? But the thing about being a priest, it's not about you, it's about the Lord. It's about the Lord, And after, over the next two years, as I began to like really struggle deeply with sin and and a lot of my sins rose to the surface. And I was just like Peter last week. You know, after I denied the Lord, I went back to my old life, he went back to fishing. I went back to all that college garbage, right? And then I just found myself feeling more and more empty. And I was playing college baseball and it wasn't making me happy. and, And I was like, what am I supposed to do? And then eventually I told my family, I'm thinking of being a priest. And I didn't know what it meant to become one. I didn't know what a vocation director was. I didn't know what discernment was. I didn't, know, I didn't know what seminary was. I thought literally that if you wanted to become a priest, these guys would take you in the corner over there, in black hoods, of course, because that's what people do. And then they take this really sparkly dust and they put it over your head and they say some prayers over you. And that day you start celebrating mass and hearing confessions. Clearly I was wrong, right? But that's, that's where I was at. But the, the more I began to learn about the priesthood and the more I wanted to get that question mark off my heart of asking, are you really calling me, Lord? The question mark started turning into exclamation points. And I started thinking, like, I actually think God might be calling me to do this. And I started hear, like reading stories about different saints who had backgrounds like mine, pretty checkered, pretty colored, and it actually gave me hope. And I also began to, to read about Father Donald Calloway. The first time I heard his story, if you've never heard it, like, go read it. It's called No Turning Back. And I remember hearing that story, and I was weeping because I was like, there's hope for me. Like, I could actually do this. And the hard part was you know, I'm originally from the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. I, I applied to the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, and they said no to me. But then again, I felt Jesus called me, right? But again, I didn't know much about discernment. So I, I lived at a discernment house for a year. And then in that time, I felt called to the Diocese of Green Bay. And I went to seminary, and one thing about seminary uh, was realizing how incredibly broken I was. Like that, the world was telling me all lies about how if you have just girls, money, cars, the right house, the right look, you'll have it all. All you'll have it all, and you'll be happy. Yet the thing is, I was doing all those things, and I wasn't. And I'm wondering what the heck is going on. I was in the wrong hand. I was playing in the hand of the devil. But when I began to put myself in the hands of the Lord and like just following him and trusting him, not having all the answers, but knowing that he spoke to me, I realized that these words in our gospel today, he says, no one can take them out of the Father's hand. No one. And as a priest, one of the hardest things of being a priest is the rejection, is being misunderstood. You offer goodness to people and they say, no, I'm too busy. You offer goodness to people and they say, I- I'm not holy enough. Or, or they quit, or whatever the excuse might be. But there's so much brokenness. But then the hard thing is, I'm incredibly broken, right? I, I, most of my life, I've put up a false front of saying I have it all together. And the thing is, half the times I'm just praying and hoping this is the Lord's will. I can't say 100% I know what the Lord wants. But what I do know is that what, what does work is spending time in silence in front of the Holy Eucharist. That's where vocations are born, Study after study has shown that when men spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament, in silence, the Lord speaks. And sometimes we wonder why we don't have any vocations, why men are not answering the call to the priesthood. And I think it's just that simple. Spending time in silence with Jesus so he can speak to us And even if you're not feeling called to be a priest, feeling called to marriage, you're still called to live a sacrificial life. And even if you're not a man, and you're a woman, you're feeling called to religious life, you're still called to live a sacrificial life by making a gift of yourself, giving yourself away. To be all in, to follow the shepherd's voice. I just want to do a brief exercise of one of the most powerful verses that helps men and women, and married couples too, follow the Lord. Because the Lord, the thing is, guys, the Lord only created one of you. He didn't create two of you. When I mean, you look at your, your fingers and your, your fingerprint, it's the only one that looks like that, right? You look at your DNA, it's you're the only strand of DNA you'll have. And the Lord created you for a specific person, for purpose, right? So what I want to do is I just want to look at one verse to maybe help you spend time in prayer. Because on this Good Shepherd Sunday, In the Diocese of Green Bay right now, we're considered an unhealthy, or what I call a sick diocese. We have 57 diocesan priests in our diocese and 157 parishes. I think right now the Lord is knocking on some of the men's hearts here to say, will you be my priest? That's why I created you. Will you sacrifice? Will you see a need? And will you answer in faith? Not looking at, am I holy enough? Do I have what it takes? But will I I rely upon the goodness of God? So I want to look at Jeremiah 1.5, which says, Before you were in the womb, I knew you, I created you, and I consecrated you, right? To be consecrated means to be set apart. And some people's hearts in this room have been set apart to be his priest or to be a religious sister. Most are called to marriage, right? I get that. But the priest and the religious sister forego marriage for the sake of the kingdom to point other people to another way of life. And the, the, problem, the problem is for a lot of us, we just simply have never been shown another way of life. We've only been shown one way. hookup culture, drinking, and, and you know, that, that, that's it, right? But another way of life is spending time with God's word, spending time in silence. And asking him that one question, are you calling me, Lord? Because as as the church is sick, some of you are called to enter into the the ministry of priest as healer. Because if you're broken, that means you're called to be healed and help others in their brokenness. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read this verse twice. First, Jeremiah 1, 1 through 5. And after I say the word you, I just want, I'm just going to pause. And I want you just to listen for your name being said, right? And know that this is the good shepherd speaking to you. Before I formed you, in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. and read that one more time. And this is between you and God right now. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Just to be open. And to know that this God who's speaking to you is greater than all. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. just want to close with what the Lord says to Jeremiah after that. Because this was my excuse. Jeremiah says, "Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I don't know how to speak. And you think, how could I public speak? How could I do that, right? He says, I'm, I'm too young, Jeremiah. He says, I'm only a youth. The Lord says back to that and says to, says to me, he says, do not say that I'm only a youth, or I don't know how to speak. He says, for to you... Whom I send, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, to set you free. And so, for some of us, the way to freedom is to priesthood. For some of us, the way to freedom is consecrated religious life. For some way, for us, the way to freedom is through the holy sacrament of marriage. The Lord says to us in our gospel today, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And the way to know the Lord's voice is through silence with his word and especially in front of the blessed sacrament. We take a moment of silence to ask the Lord to call men and women to serve him on this Good Shepherd Sunday or Vocation Sunday. For the Lord gives us eternal life. And don't all of us want that? Don't we want life that will actually sustain us? The Lord is the good shepherd. He knows you. And you are his. Amen.